What's up, comic book fans? Pete here from Comic Books Transform, where me and my very good friend Brian over there talk about comic book adaptations from comics into movies and streaming shows. And Brian, this is our first episode of 2024. Oh yeah, it is. It's been a while. <laughs> yes, sir. But I'm very happy to see you, and I'm very excited actually to talk about What If season two with you. Yeah, we're rolling along with that, uh, and today we're going to cover. Oh. What? I thought you were waving to stop me for some reason. Damn. Don't! Don't <laughs> tell them the secret! Uh, we're today we're going to cover episodes four through six of uh, What If. Perfect. Yes, yes. So, uh, with What If, we covered the first three episodes last time, and I think we were genuinely excited about it. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Uh, well, what about this next batch? Did you like this next group better? Um, last? I, I, think, I think it's a mixed bag. I think uh, the... The, the first batch, like my the third one, which was the Happy Hogan Die Hard kind of one, was my least favorite. Yeah. Um, and I think two of them. Well, you know, I, I really liked one of them a lot. Okay. Um, one of the, and then the others maybe not as much. Um, okay. One less than the others, I guess. I'm curious what you how, how you feel about the the three of them as well as a in general. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the show's kind of interesting, right? Because it's like a little cheesy, you know, it kind of is this weird kind of blend where it's like not exactly adult. It's, it kind of feels a little bit like kids, but then they could also be very serious and dark. Um, and then I, I did not really like this first episode we're about to talk about, but then I did like the following two. Okay. So my favorite of the batch was the second one and I was surprised by it too, actually. Yeah. Um, I was expecting to, I was expecting more from this first episode, to be honest. So the first one we're talking about is, um, God, what is the actual title of it? It is what it's if got a cheesy title, man. It's what if our man crashed into the grandmaster. Okay. That is a cheesy title. Yeah. yeah. So basically, um, the setup for this was interesting because, uh, first of all, this episode was supposed to be part of season one initially. Yes. Um, so although this episode is mainly from the point of view of Tony Stark, it's really about how, Gamora ended up in the season finale of season one. Yes. Fighting against uh, Ultron. Um, yeah. Which is kind of weird. <laughs> right. It's funny because um, with a show like this, you have, they, they, they obviously have moved around a couple of episodes, right? And the, uh, the first one, the first season had this whole Gamora arc that they just like kind of took out. In this episode, though, I think they probably wouldn't have had a little introduction talking about her and her importance. I think they would have just cut right to the Tony Stark stuff. And then, you know, it has this sort of very kind of like, oh, shocking kind of ending. And I think that that would have been to energize you to see where her story was going next. See, but, you know, um, in the second episode, you know, yeah. they preface it by saying we don't often do sequels. Right. Um, but it feels like like Gamora as a character in this needs more to appear to show up and appear as she did in 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 the what a season one finale. Yeah, like it's not enough of her in this and enough of a reason to to warrant her being on that team there. You know, like like what's I mean? I guess it's interesting that she killed and replaced Thanos, but like that's I feel like that's 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 it. That's all it is. Right. You know? Like yeah. what happened? Why? You know, like I'm not not why we know why, but like what else happened to her other than that? 
Yeah. Um, I think that there's one point I wanted to bring up with you, which was that this season in particular, it feels like these episodes are like mashups of the different movies. In particular, they're like more successful movies to become like a new story. So like the second one is like essentially Iron Man, but in Thor Ragnarok. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the one we're talking about right now. Iron Man. Yeah, I, I would say it's it's Avengers and Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. Then the second one is like Winter Soldier and Black Widow Black kind Widow, of mashed yeah. together. Yeah, so and the third one is talk... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Third one is like its own thing, which we gotta definitely get into that one too. But yeah. so let's talk about this first episode. So Tony Stark, there's this really great sequence at the end of Avengers where he's flying the missile that shield is shot or, or maybe even the United States forces have shot and he's sending it through a wormhole to take out the Chitauri fleet. He does, but the twist, the what if twist is that he gets zapped over to uh Sakaar instead of going back to earth or like falling down to earth. Yeah. So that in itself is kind of exciting because, you know, Tony Stark has some experience in the comics being in the guardians of the galaxy. And it's kind of cool to think of like Tony in that setting. Yes, agreed. But then I feel like the way it's executed is not that great. Like, you know, in Thor Ragnarok, there's a sequence where um, they're trying to escape on the Grandmaster ship and like Jeff Goldblum pops up as a hologram. and He's like, it's my birthday. And I feel like that's like 45% of this episode. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, in, in Thor Ragnarok, the whole thing is holding the planet is these gladiatorial battles. Like, I'm thinking, like, oh, God, you know, Tony Stark's here. You know, we've seen th this uh, list, th this, like, monument of champions. Like, what if Beta Ray Bill's here? Like, that would yeah. have been kind of awesome. But, no, we, it's it's like pod racing. <laughs> yes, yes. Or, like, Death Race or something. Like, it was, like, I don't know why they chose that as the kind of method of, of competition here. It, it seems kind of weird, and it wasn't that interesting, I guess. Yes. And that goes back to what I was saying, where it's like it, it's sort of in this middle ground between like a kids show and an adult show. When they introduce anything to it, it's always like they have to use those like pre-existing models. Like this has all the designs and stuff from Thor Ragnarok, but they they never kind of go outside of the toy box. They never do anything different except with this third episode, the Kahuri episode. Yeah, you know, and so. There's all this Thor Ragnarok stuff, but there's no better Ray Bill. There's no, like, exciting, oh, who's this guy? And it, it's because, like, you can't really introduce anyone that's not been introduced in the movies, even though there's a wealth of characters that are in the comics. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, um, yeah. it, it just seemed like a missed opportunity, really. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, let's let's talk about, like, let's just, let's just fucking rip into this episode. By the way, I want to also preface this with, um, you know, we spent months and months just being a part of this social media kind of trend where like, oh, Marvel's declining, Marvel sucks. And, and we kind of were kinder than most with our reviews. But I think watching this show and watching Echo has made me just excited about Marvel in general. What about you, man? Yeah, uh, there was a, the, when I was watching, so I, I watched, um, I watched the, the third episode, oh, I'm sorry, the sixth episode and Echo back to back. So it was really weird to be kind of, bookended with like this native american stuff here <laughs> yes yes um, but but there was a moment watching echo i'm like holy shit <laughs> like this this is and i'm sure I, i'm sure you know exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> fuck yeah yes <laughs> and we'll talk and, about that soon 
Yes, Brian and I are going to record an Echo review episode after we do this one. But like with Marvel, it's been around since 2008 at this point. It's 15 years of continuity. And so even within just the movie continuity and the show continuity, there is a lot of stuff to play with. That toy box is big. And I think that like in this particular episode, there's nothing really exciting or creative about it. But then with the Kahori episode, there's something exciting. And then with Echo, there's something exciting too. But um, with this, I just, like the guy that plays Tony Stark, he's done Tony Stark in other shows, right? Yeah, I believe he was the he was the Tony Stark in uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Okay. So, I mean, I like his voice. He sounds very much like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, but... he's got that cadence down. <laughs> right. Like, Earth's Mightiest Heroes is excellent. And then, like, the sort of the pre-MCU older stuff that we grew up on, like the X-Men cartoon, is excellent. Um, but then Marvel kind of has this, like, rut with cartoons that they came out with after the mcu and i think they're just sort of like a lower quality and i just yeah, never I, got I, into I, any of them i completely agree and it was um earth Mightiest heroes kind of was out sort of before avengers yeah and i think after that they kind of scrapped that show to make it a more movie centric cast and style and it, it the animation quality definitely declined and it was less it was definitely more aimed at the kids than at that point right um, that Earth's Mightiest Heroes was that Earth's Mightiest Heroes was fantastic. It's like the one of the few real bright spots in animation for Marvel, which um, I you know we've often said that you know DC kind of reigns supreme there with, with animation, but yes, Earth's Mightiest Heroes can go toe to toe with most of those things. Shit, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially once you go beyond the Timverse, Earth's Mightiest Heroes is like just yeah. as good as most of it, yeah. So when I hear that guy doing Tony Stark's voice, it just kind of reminds me of these more recent Marvel cartoons. I'm like, ah, you know, it's not that good. And a lot of the jokes are just kind of plays on things that we've seen in the movies. Um, like Korg, I like Korg, but the problem is it's one of those things that they've done a lot more in recent Marvel where it's like, they just do it to death. And so his jokes didn't really land for me in this episode. Um, yeah, and I think we, we already – wait, didn't we already have Korg show up in another episode? Yes, he was. He was in the first episode. The Nebula um, one. So Yeah, it, it just seemed like, hey, like we have Taika Waititi here to record some lines, but how many episodes can we fit him into, you know? Right, right. And there, there's some jokes where you kind of, like, you know, maybe put a smile on your face, but it's just, it's, it's just not that funny. And this episode really is like a comedic episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of ragging on it. Do you think there were any kind of high points in this episode? Um, I mean, I, it's both. A, this is both a high point and a low point for me. Like Tony built this armor out of all this technology on Sakaar, and it looked kind of cool. It looked like, kind of like a alien-looking, you know, Hulkbuster armor sort of. Right. And he, he doesn't. I, I don't know. Like I, I would have preferred if this was a, like a kind of a gladiator thing, just yes. like yes. Thor Ragnarok was. It's. You know, it was a suit of armor, and then it turned into a car. <laughs> Transformers. Yeah, I guess, I guess, sort of. You think I would like it, but no, I, I kind of didn't really. <laughs> and also, um, I don't quite understand. You know, it, it felt uh, very thin. You know, like, like Tony's trying to kind of convince Gamora to not be who she is. Yeah. Um, and it's it seems very like just thin overall. Like, I don't know why he. This is, there's no reason for why he did it. 
and you know um ultimately they, they team up and defeat thanos i guess but it's just like he's he's just talking to her during the race and it's just he's convincing her during the race it, it was just kind of weird and I, I didn't i just didn't buy it right i agree with you because there's nothing that she does that makes her think that she is like redeemable or that you know because when it comes to heroes fighting people you know they, they might just take out somebody immediately especially iron man in these movies just kills people randomly and um you know everything he knows about thanos or like the threat they faced that doesn't really endear her to him but for some reason he's like really focused on converting her and having her turn against uh her father yeah i i think i think it relies too much on the audience knowing who the character is otherwise and i think that's a problem right you that's the exact point i was just about to say it's like we know what happens with gamora and then we also know that tony stark has this father complex because of the movies but it just doesn't make sense that he would like focus on that so much during that race yeah 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 so then um let's see you know i think that uh you know you have jeff goldblum in it and he's doing all these lines at the korg thing where it's just like too much yeah, uh, I also thought he was a little bit too much too. Yeah, yeah, but I think his like second in command, that woman, that's the same actress from. Yeah, yeah, I believe it is. Yes. Yeah. So uh, with this, basically, <laughs> I mean, one part that did kind of shock me is that you know Tony wins the race, but then the Grandmaster isn't going to let him go, and then they accidentally. Well, I mean, Tony kind of causes it to happen, but essentially, the, one of those staffs that melts people. Hits the Grandmaster. I was not expecting Jeff Goldblum to melt. At the end of I wasn't either. And it, it seems like it didn't really phase him very much because he's, you know, there's that little tag at the end where he's probably, get me a bucket. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, there's that episode. And then at the very end, did you think that Gamora was going to take Tony to be killed by Thanos? Um. Well, no, because we 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 know what happens to this version of Gamora. They 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 preface this episode by this is a story of how Gamora got to, you know, season one, the end of season one. So, uh, it, it, they kind of made it fairly obvious, I think. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, they tried. They tried to make you think otherwise, but I think because the episode slipped out of production order, um, you know, uh, I I think the, the the cat was out of the bag already. Yeah, and she just freaking melts Thanos. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. getting melted. <laughs> and a uh, slight correction to um, the actor that plays Tony in What If is uh, Mick Winger, who is not the same actor that was in Our Smitties here. That was Eric Loomis. Okay. But, uh, I think he's. I think he might have played him in other things, but I, I'm just, I can't see it yet. Yeah, there was like a Disney show called like Avengers Assembled. I think he's probably the Tony on that. Possibly. I, I think there might have been some crossover with the the actors with um, from Earth Smitties here, isn't that? But we don't have to get into that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much what if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster. So unless you got anything else, we can move on to Captain Carter versus the Hydra Smasher. Yeah, what if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Smasher? Yeah. Stomper. Ooh. Yes. Hydra Stomper, yes. Doesn't a Hydra Stomper sound like someone that would be against Hydra? Yeah, well, it was. Wasn't it? Right, but like, isn't he essentially like the Winter Soldier, where like they convert him and? Well, make no, him... but but they called him the Hydra Stomper in the in in the, the first season. Like, you know, he was there was the suit of armor he was in that that Howard Stark built. Come on, man! Like the first season was like three years ago. Okay, do you expect me to remember <laughs> this shit? Okay, um, but yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's the Hydra Stomper. He's stomping Hydra, and 
it's kind of cool because it's like the same story beats as the Winter Soldier, but then they also throw in all the Black Widow stuff too. Yeah, and so I I didn't know what to expect from this because we knew it was going to be a sequel. Uh, obviously, Captain Carter is re- returning here, um, and I, I I really like this one a lot more than I expected to. Um, I, I thought you know maybe I was going to be just tired of it or something, but um, I like you said that they they really just did Winter Soldier plus Black Widow, and uh, I think it kind of worked. There were some really good action scenes in here in this episode. Yes, um, the fighting was actually pretty good. Yes, and Really, one of the only complaints I, I would have visually in here uh, was there was a few too many like side slow mo shots. Okay. Um, kind of like that one shot in the beginning of Ages of Ultron, while, while everyone's like yeah. kind of leading into battle. They did that a few too many times in this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They do. Uh, and I was also even impressed that they sort of had like like Scarlett Johansson's black kind of weirdish Black Widow haircut in Winter Soldier. Like, right. Get it here. <laughs> right. Right. No, it, it's weird because it's like this. That's actually what I like about this show the most is it'll almost do like the same story beats and everything is like framed to look like the movie. But then there's like a different character in a different role. And so like there's one part where uh, Black Widow is like, I think outside of like the National Mall and she runs into Captain Carter and Captain Carter's just in a car versus like running around. And then she makes some kind of comments like, oh, you're not going to go for a run. And she's like, I don't have time for that, or she says something like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's yeah, whole... kind of alluding to, um, uh, like you know, Captain America and Falcon running around training. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So then, like, even the beginning of this, they go and they go to this ship that's essentially like the beginning of Winter Soldier, where the, the, the Cap gets dropped onto a ship of Black Widow too. Yes. You know, um, but then Bucky—that th- was kind of a cool reveal. It's like you, you see what's happened to Bucky since World War II in this. Yeah, and I thought that was really cool. Like this was this is why I liked it. This was a nice continuity kind of slide here. So essentially, what what happens is um, Captain Carter disappears, like Captain America did in the, in the you know the main timeline. But but after she disappears, Steve and Bucky kind of like team up and like take out Hydra. Yeah. So and then Bucky is now you know kind of in, uh, he's a secretary or something. It's not Shield or anything like that, but. You know, he's essentially playing the Robert Redford role from Winter Soldier, but he's not like a dick fire in like that, which is which is kind of like a like a cool twist, I think. Yes. And uh I was wondering, do you think that like Hydra infiltrated anything here, or like Hydra just basically got stomped out? I think I mean, based on the fact that the that the red room is the is the villain here, I think Hydra's gone. Okay, movie. right. Right, because at one point they have um Frank Grillo voicing uh what the fuck is crossbones real. No, no, I was trying to think of like his real name is. It's oh, like, um, oh my God, I know this. <laughs> let's see, I, I wrote it down. Let me see. Uh, he is. Oh, this is good. Like nice little pause in the audible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ, I wrote down. Um, God damn it, you're much better at looking up shit than I am. Let's see. I wrote yeah. down Brock Lumlow. Brock Lumlow. Bro- yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that was so worth it. It was so worth it to just stop the flow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but so, okay, so then the thing is, do you think that he's generally just a good agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. then? Yeah, I think so. Okay. That's Which, again, I think is a nice little, like, Easter egg kind of thing. It's like, hey, yeah. like, you know, th- this happened, this, like, I feel like the change had actual repercussions on yeah. this universe, which is something I, I don't think that they do well enough in some of these yes. episodes. Totally agree. And, and I, that, that's kind of why I appreciate it. I mean, 
Uh, obviously, you know, Winter Soldier is one of our favorite movies in the MCU, easily in our top ten. Usually, uh, yeah. And Black Widow was not, but still, I I think it kind of works here, um, mashing these together. Yes. Yeah, it's like when you kind of combine like two foods that you like, you really love one, but you don't like another, and then you combine them, and you're like, oh, this is fucking great. Yeah, it kind of elevates it a little bit. It, exactly. I, I wish I had a metaphor for that, but I, I couldn't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah. I was thinking of something with ice cream, but it wasn't coming to me. <laughs> yeah, so, um, okay, so the watcher says something like, at the very end, he says something like, oh, there's only one captain carter or something like that he says like captain carter is an exception but isn't captain carter in doctor strange in the multiverse of madness and she gets killed yeah so uh no the line he says is that there aren't many like there aren't many captain carters but there's only one that i, I would call friend there because, you go because they know each other from season one okay. that's that's the implication there okay um and, uh, and and then you know there was a very interesting uh, ending to it too with, with the watcher there kind of being surprised at what happened that uh, you know Peggy gets kind of taken away into another universe and which we find out is 1602 which we know is an upcoming episode yes yes uh what is the guy who voices the watcher's name I can't remember it off the top of my head uh Jeffrey Wright thank you so much I love Jeffrey Wright too and he's yeah. in a movie right now that's getting like a lot of acclaim right now I just saw the trailer for that i think i can't remember the name of it or is it, is it a show no it's a, it's a movie and it's, it's called like black history or something like that or like american history yeah it's, i want to see like, that yeah yeah black fiction i think that i think it's called black fiction actually and yeah it looks really great i've heard really great things about it <laughs> i love him especially from westworld uh but what i like about the watcher is he says such like you know epic kind of thing such dramatic things but then every so often he'll have like a little slip and he'll be like what the hell you know like he'll yeah. you know and, and he has that moment when he sees that weird energy absorb captain carter yeah and you actually get to see like a a, a visual reaction of him too because you don't often see him on screen here and right. um something i i don't think i've maybe they do do it every episode and i haven't noticed it but uh this episode there was a nice a nice watcher in the background shot uh, I believe it was when the Red Room was coming down, mm -hmm. uh, which is probably my favorite one I've seen so far in this season. Yeah. Which I think yeah. I've only seen two, though, so maybe that's not really saying much. Yeah, no, no. There, there have been some. I don't know how many in general, but, um, you know, probably there's one in every episode. It's just maybe you have to be eagle-eyed to see it. Yeah. But I, I remember there was, like, a really cool one where he was, like, the, the horizon in, like, one big shot where, like, a car was going across the horizon. Well, oh, that was from season one. That was um, – man, I don't remember which one that was. But that was uh, – it was early season one, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Welcome to Comic Books Transformed, where middle-aged men struggle to remember things. <laughs> if you love middle-aged men struggling to remember things, this is like, this is your kink, man. This You're into this. So um, I was going to ask you, you know, we were talking about voice acting before. The guy that does Steve Rogers in this episode, I don't think he really sounds like uh, Chris... Evans. Evans. Uh, yeah, it's Josh Keaton. He's a very, uh, he's a pretty good voice actor. He's been in a lot of things. I think he was Bumblebee? No, maybe not. He wasn't in something. I don't remember. Okay. Uh, I do know the name. I, I have heard him in other things. Um, yeah, I, I guess I can agree with you that I don't think he sounds like Chris Evans, but I also don't think Chris Evans has like as, as imitatable voice as like Robert Downey Jr. does per se. 
Agreed. Agreed. No, yes. it's not as uh, as unique. Uh, 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 even like Thor. I mean, even though Chris Hemsworth has voiced himself and everything, uh, yeah. I, I think that's a, an imitatable voice. But Chris Evans, like, like if I asked you, hey, do a Chris Evans impression. Yeah. I mean, out, outside of Todd in in uh, Scott Pilgrim, I don't know how I would do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably would try to do an imitation of Cap. You know, and that's what it does sound like. It sounds like an imitation of him. Yeah. Which, like, the woman that they use uh, for Black Widow, because she's pretty much been the same voice every time, I think, yeah, in the Lake show. Bell. Yeah, I think that she kind of makes it her own. It does sound like Scarlett Johansson, but then it, like, works, I think. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it does work pretty well. Like, I like her the best out of, like, you know, the Tony Stark and the Steve Rogers. I like yeah, her. The, yeah. the, the actors that won't, they're, they're too cool for school and won't, won't reprise their role. Yes, yes. But speaking of actors that are not too cool for school, Rachel Weiss comes back for this episode. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that uh, was she comes nice back as, as Melina. You know, uh, Natasha's kind of like stepmom, or not stepmom, uh, like fake mom. I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, and then um, and, and she's she's still bad. You, you know, like she, she kind of redeems herself and uh, you know or retires in Black Widow, but here she's still running the red room. <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, Yelena Belova is not one of those Black Widow girls, right, at the end? You know what? I was trying to look at them, um, and, you know, there was one that was kind of blonde. I don't think it looked like uh, Florence Pugh, but um, I don't know. Maybe you could have argued. But, yeah, I think I think if she was there, they would have made a bigger deal out of it and, you know, at least had Natasha recognize her or something. Yeah, she would have had like a line or something, probably. Yeah, I think so. And I think that would have been a disservice to, to do it like that. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, because it's so much about Peggy and Steve. And Steve, yeah. Yeah. Did you like that um, Steve essentially goes to sacrifice himself and then uh, is, 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 is it Peggy that shoots the grappling hook and it ties around uh, Rachel no, Weiss? Natasha, like, Natasha, Natasha shoots Natasha the grappling hook and okay. then it passes to Melina and then she can close up with the, with the, the, uh, the red room base. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that all. And, um, Oh God, I had something to say and I forgot it. God damn it. It's, it's their kink. They're like, Oh yeah. They're forgetting. They're again. forgetting to remember again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to start taking some kind of prescription meds or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe there's gotta be some kind of memory yeah. pill somewhere. I don't know. I think the beauty about us is that a lot of times we remember that shit. Like later on when we're discussing something else. Yeah, it just comes to me randomly and I interrupt and it's just like, oh, and then it completely destroys. Then it messes up whatever I'm thinking about at that moment. Oh my God, it's a never ending cycle. But uh, so. Oh, okay. okay. I remember. I actually do remember. Same I was going to say it was, I, I like I the kind of um, bittersweet sort of ending here. Like that, that felt like a, an actual what if issue. There's always, you know, I don't think every episode uh, or issue always ended in something horribly and horribly dark or anything like that. But, you know, uh, there is usually some kind of sacrifice because they're willing to play with with the characters' lives a little bit more. Uh, they're a little more expendable, and right. I think you know Steve sacrificing himself ultimately was a, was a heroic move, and it's a nice kind of like not everything's great and works out in the end sort of thing. Yeah. So I I, I appreciated it that it felt very much like a like a comic issue. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But it also seems like he might still be alive, right? Yes, that is true. Yes, because uh, it seems like Peggy was trying to go search for him uh, yeah. afterwards. And, and so that in itself is kind of like the end of the Winter Soldier, because like Bucky goes down with that uh, helicarrier, but then he's still alive too. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm kind of curious. Like, uh, I'm thinking, like, would they do a third Captain Cardio, and would they attempt to adapt Civil War now with her? Oh, that'd be. So I'd be cool. kind of curious about that. I'm not really sure what they would use as the you know the the splitting point between the two factions. Yeah, but um, I, I I wouldn't mind a return here. I mean, obviously, we're going to see her again in 1602. Yeah. And probably again, but um, um, if if they haven't already written in a thought about it, I wouldn't mind a Civil War adaptation here. Yeah, you got Welcome me. Out. You got me armchair uh, booking now, or fantasy booking? Fantasy booking. Fantasy booking right now, because I'm thinking, like, um, who would she go against? Would she go against Tony? Because Tony's on that Avengers team. That was another thing. I'm glad you brought that up, because, like, the Avengers team, when the Chitauri are attacking, it's like... They have everybody, but they instead of Hulk, they have Wasp. Yeah, which was interesting. And they do also name drop Banner. Yeah. So he was around. So that's another interesting thing. It was making me think that, like, maybe they didn't go through the Super Soldier serum program that made the Hulk. Like, maybe they didn't do that in this version. Maybe. That's, a, that's an excellent point, actually. And yeah. Again, if that's true, that's a great little detail for this episode, too. Right, right, right. It's all these little like Iron Man's suit kind of looked different, and then they had Black Widow. I did they have Hawkeye? I don't remember. I think Hawkeye was there. Yeah. Okay. 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 And so, Thor yeah, was they, there. Thor is is kind of like doesn't really change very much in all these. He's always just shows up there. Not much really changes him, um, except the one episode where uh, you know he grew up as an only child and, and without Loki. And that was a lame fucking episode. Yeah. Okay, that's actually a good transition to the third episode. Do you have anything else you want to say about this one? Uh, no, I think that's about it. Okay, good, because I wanted to talk to you about... Oh, fuck, this did the wrong thing. Okay, hold on a sec. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the way that the next episode starts. The next episode is called What If Kahuri Reshaped the World? And um, in that episode, they start off with Ragnarok. Now, Ragnarok in the movie it's like it's the end of the movie thor ragnarok and he unleashes or loki unleashes a surter right yes and that's because of hella and all this kind of shit but in this episode what if kahuri reshaped the world it's like ragnarok happens on its own yeah and it happens in odin's time because odin's the one using the tesseract so uh i guess i would have liked if they explained why right exactly exactly i mean i guess they don't always explain why but i, I think uh, it sounds like you like this episode more than i did um yeah but well, uh and i think I, I i guess i just wanted more of a comic connection than just the tesseract doing something you know sure um, i, I, can, I yeah, also right. think they kind of overuse the tesseract in particular like it, it's the source of so many things in the MCU, and they barely used any of the other stones for anything else outside of the movie they were introduced in. That is a really, really good point, and I agree with you that with on that too. It's like, yeah, that one it like made Captain Marvel like as powerful as she is. It like it essentially was like the source of the fucking space bridges that they use, right, or whatever they called them, warp gates or whatever, yep. right? it's yeah it's like it, it was like power for the quantum bands i think like you know just all this different stuff and then you know the bad guys use it to teleport all different kinds of things um but with that being said i actually do like that they kind of play around with the lore of the mcu like i like that um 
essentially the Tesseract creates this race of people. And it kind of just reminds me of things that they kind of allude to in other less popular MCU um, entries. You know, like you ever think about, do you ever think about Shang-Chi ever? Not um, other than the bus fight scene? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I think about Shang-Chi sometimes because it's really weird that there's this like pocket dimension where there are these people and these weird creatures um, and essentially they're like a barrier between this dark dimension where this, this like chaotic entity is going to, you know? Yeah. And, and, and then they have that there. And then there's also like that weird fucking gin dimension that's in Ms. Marvel. Marvel. Yep. And, and so I guess I just think and, that like, and don't forget the Eternals. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. And so you and me, we're kind of similar where it's like in the comics, if you get someone like Kieran Gillen or I don't fucking know, Jonathan Hickman kind of dabbling with this stuff, you get gold. Yeah. You know? And I just feel like if they took this stuff that they're introducing and they like played with it, they could make something really exciting, at least for old guys like us. Yeah, no. And I, I think, um, I think the idea of sort of taking the Tesseract off the field you know, especially in retrospect of us just saying it's it's overused. I think that kind of creates an interesting story here, but I don't, I don't, I didn't find it all that interesting here, honestly. Um, I, I needed more of a, a comic connection here. Um, honest, and, you know, we do get uh, Supreme Strange at the end here. Yeah. And, and that, that's going to connect to something here. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know what happens in the, in the final episode here uh, yeah. uh, this season, but um you know, it, it, whether that is tying in with the season or something in the future, I don't know yet. Yeah. Well, so, okay. The thumbnail I made for this discussion we're having today is uh, who is Kahori? And Kahori is like a completely original character made for this show, made for the MCU. So that comic book connection that you're looking for, it's not there with the character, the main character of the episode. Um, with that being said, like, what did you think of this original character? Like this character that essentially they're putting in league with all these other iconic characters. I kind of couldn't shake Pocahontas out of my head. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I didn't think about Pocahontas. <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it felt like, I don't know. It, it, it kind of gave me like an Eternals vibe, but with Pocahontas as like a cover all like i don't okay. know no no i understand i understand i for me i kept thinking man they watched prey and they wanted to make something that was like prey you know what i did have that thought too there was the one of the opening shot the establishing shots was like their village and i'm like oh yeah this is this feels like prey but it, it didn't i don't think it was like that other than the kind of just the, the idea that you were using a native american tribe right now I, I've been sort of like oblivious to the YouTubers and stuff that usually say toxic stuff about Marvel uh, when it comes to this show. And I guess about Echo too, but I could only assume what they've been saying about this show and about Echo. Now with this, I feel like the first thing they would say about Kahuri is that she was a Mary Sue. Um, Yeah, I, you're probably right. I could definitely see someone saying that. Um, she does kind of take to her powers very quickly. 
And it's not even really explained. I don't think they even well explain what they can do. It's yeah. just like they can do everything. Like, <laughs> it, it seems like it's like telekinetic powers, essentially. I, I didn't quite get that vibe. I mean, because they had people creating like storm clouds and doing all the weird shit. Um, so I, I don't, I mean, maybe it's sort of telekinesis, but I don't know. It, it seemed like it was like. They're also running real fast, like, you know, Quicksilver. Right, right. But I feel like that could be an extension of telekinesis. Like, it felt like Jean Grey just minus the mind control or, like, being able to read thoughts. Like it's Yeah, just that, that, I, uh, that I can totally see, yeah. Yeah. And I like that they kind of all had this similar design. They kind of reminded me of this one X-Men character. I think his name is Frail. And he's, like, from Wakanda. Do you know who I'm talking about? He He has, fragile. like, fragile. Thank you. Jesus yeah. Christ. I'm so lucky I got you, man. Um <laughs> But uh, I was thinking, because I, I noticed that, like, she's amazing right away, right? Like, she's just, like, learning everything right away. The, the one guy that is her guide, he's like, oh, some people could do this with three steps. And she's already got, like, seven steps. I I could see where they'd be like, oh, she's a Mary Sue. I think the problem is, is that with this story, she's experiencing this stuff in this other, this pocket dimension but then these conquistadors are like taking over her village in the other in the, in the real world, right? And it seems like the passage of time in the real world is just like hours, and so it makes it seem like real quick that she becomes so powerful in the other. Yeah, world. Yeah, I, I think that would be a good explanation, but I don't think they really imply that the time time flows differently. I yeah. think that, that it's just that I think those people say that. I mean, they say that you, you know you don't age and you don't die, but. I don't know if there's any time difference uh, really going on there. And, uh, you know, one thing you could say is that, you know, she was driven to kind of get back to save her brother because she knew her brother was in trouble. And that's why she was able to do these things. Yeah. But at the same time, like there's a point where she's like happily dancing, too. So um, and you know, forgetting her trouble. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it, really. But it, it, it doesn't change the fact that. I just wish this was, you know, I wish they could have used some other comic idea instead of this. Yeah. Well, you said that there's a 1602 episode coming. This, I yeah, think this the, the next batch, it's, it's got to be in the next batch because there's only three left. <laughs> right. So um, I think that this takes place in the 15th century. So it'd be like the 1400s. You think the implication is that like Kahori might be around then and alive? I thought it was going to lead directly into it, to be perfectly honest, but it yeah. seems like it's not. Um, okay. It, it's I, I feel like they're going to have kind of like a team-up episode at the end, like they always do. Mm -hmm. Well, like they, always, like, like, like they did that one time before. Yes, yes, <laughs> And yes. I think that's what Sorcerer uh, Supreme Strange is, is getting her for. Yeah. Every time I read Sorcerer Supreme Strange, which is hard to say, I always just think of the Pizza Hut Super Supreme Pizza. <laughs> it's hard for me to take him serious but so so you're thinking that he's gonna like gather a couple of people and that like what like the uh the wanda that's in the second episode is going to go against him what do you think um yeah uh, well you know what i don't know well who the villain's gonna be i have no idea okay but i imagine that they're gonna band together and do something do, do you think that the because it's wanda and nick fury from like 1602 
And yeah. then there's <clears throat> Strange and Kahori. Do you think that Strange is with Wanda and Fury, or do you think they'll be against each other? I think I think Strange is uh, Strange is who took uh, Peggy. But I'm sorry, no, that's not that's not true because that she went to 1602. You're right. Yeah. Um. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, the last time we saw him, wasn't he, like, trapped in, like, a universe that was, it was just him? Like, they trapped that, him. No, he, that was, he was trapped, he was trapped in his own episode, but he was also a part of that final battle against the Ultron thing. Right. And I, but, okay, I think that the Ultron thing and him are trapped together at one point. Maybe you know what? Maybe if we, uh, maybe I'll go back and rewatch that episode, or and just maybe it'll give some good context for our next batch of episodes. Yeah, I think I think that the uh, Killmonger steals like Ultron's power, and then like Killmonger and Strange are trapped in some other dimension or something. Maybe. Yeah. There we go. For all you guys that like forgetful old men, <laughs> playing right up to it. Okay, so <laughs> we've covered three episodes. It's uh, so let's let's go ahead and do our ranking so we can get to our echo episode. Okay. Uh are we ranking just these three or just all six? Let's just do these three and then at the end of the season we'll do all nine. Well, I mean, for me it's pretty obvious that I like the Captain Carter one the most. Yeah. Uh, I would probably put um the the Tony Stark one second and I'll put the Hori one third. Uh, again, I, I unless they change my you know, change my point of view with with doing something great with her uh in the next couple episodes. Um, I, I, all I can feel is this is like a wasted slot to do something other comic book thing that they could have done. Wow. Okay. Okay. You and I are on different pages tonight. <laughs> Usually we're on the same page. I would actually put the Kahori one first. Interesting. Especially because of what happens in the first scene of Echo that we're about to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. that. Yeah. 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 So then there's that. And then I would definitely put the... Uh, Agent Car Captain Carter one next, then the Iron Man's way low for me. It'll probably be number nine for me, unless there's a stinker in the next batch. Yeah. Yeah, man. We'll see. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. So um, that's me and Brian talking about episodes four through six of What If Season 2. Please come back next week where we're going to talk about episodes seven, eight, nine. We're going to finish the series. Right now, Brian and I are going to go record Echo Episode 1, the review. Let us know, are you into these two Disney Plus shows? And if you haven't subscribed, please do so. All right, guys, we will see you real soon.